Question four would allow thousands of pot shops and marijuana operators throughout Massachusetts in neighborhoods like yours. Shops that sell pot edibles that look like candy and high potency marijuana. In pro pot states, incidents of drugged driving and fatal car accidents are up. More pot shops than McDonald's and Starbucks combined. Higher potency, dangerous drivers. It's the reason health Mom. professionals are urging Kevin? you to vote no on four. Welcome to another edition of the Codcast, Commonwealth Magazine's weekly podcast looking at politics and policies with the people who know the issues best. The ad wars for the debate over legalizing adult recreational use of marijuana in Massachusetts have begun. You heard at the opening the ad from the group opposed to the ballot question, and in a few minutes we'll play the ads from the pro-pod forces. What we want to look at is whether these commercials from both sides are the real deal or are they just smoke and mirrors. Joining us today are John Carroll, professor of communications at Boston University and an award-winning former journalist who is an executive producer at WGBH, as well as a commentator for NPR, WBUR, and a contributor to the Boston Globe, the advertising industry magazine Adweek, and a host of other publications. Welcome, John. Good to be here. Also with us today is another award-winning journalist, because that's how we roll, is uh, Dave Wedge, former political and enterprise reporter for the Boston Herald and co-author of Boston Strong, a city's triumph over tragedy about the Boston Marathon bombings. Dave is a vice president for the political consulting firm Northwind Strategies and is a regular commentator on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, as well as local radio and television. Thanks for coming in, Dave. Sure. Thanks for having me, Jack. And um, you guys uh, have, have watched the ads and you've heard it. Um, so, so we'll start with the anti-one. Taking a look at that, what comes across to you, John? What do you, what do you see? What do you hear when you uh, hear that ad? My first impression was I was watching SNL uh, because, <laughs> I mean, it feels like a joke ad. Um, it's 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 flat out fear mongering and the exaggeration. I mean, this one is sending the fact checkers to a chiropractor because it is from beginning to end. It's exaggeration after exaggeration. In, so, in what way, John? What do you see? Well, they talk about thousands of pot shops opening. I mean, that's not going to happen. The, the the regulations are not going to allow that. Even if you waited for 10 years, you're not going to have thousands of pot shops opening. Um, the drunk driving or the drug driving uh, uh, statistics are a toss-up. I mean, that's a jump ball. There are statistics that say there was no increase in drug driving, and there are statistics, uh, st statistics on the other side. So I think, you know, they're, they're using some really questionable chain, uh, claims here that, uh, that are basically trying to scare people into voting no. Uh, and, I th and I think that it's the exact opposite. We'll talk about the, the pro ads uh, uh, afterwards. It's the exact opposite of what the pro forces are trying to do. Well, Dave, what do you think? Who, who, does, the, who does the ad play to then if it's an over-exaggeration? I, 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 that's a good question, Jack. I, I don't know the answer to that because it's, it, they really missed the mark on this ad, in my opinion. You know, their, their argument really is, um, I mean, obviously their argument is, you know, we don't want pot shops in every corner. We don't want little kids having edible uh, marijuana and things like that. But I think they took it too far. I think if they dialed that back a little bit, it would have been more effective. 
Um, for me, the the you know it's very dystopian. It is fear mongering, and also um, you know they they have the line in there about there's more pot shops than McDonald's and Starbucks and. Um, I don't think there's anything more than that. No, I haven't seen seen that time. Well, if they included Dunks, you know, you notice Dunks not in there. But, um, you know, the reality, though, is that, you know, there's some truth to what they're saying. Um, There will be more shops than than people think there will be. If you've been to Colorado, which I have, I've been to Denver very recently, and there's over 400 shops already in Denver. Retail shops. Retail shops. Mm -hmm. And um, but the difference here is is my understanding is there will be no display windows, so they won't they won't be able to advertise marijuana products in the windows. So little kids walking by won't be looking at gummy bears and saying, "Mommy, buy me, me those." Well, but the ad gives the impression that that will happen. Yeah, well, it actually doesn't give the impression. It says it will happen. Right. I mean, they sh- they have um, in that in the window display <coughs> that uh, pastry uh, dish with the you know pile of little um, THC in, uh, infused. Uh, Munchkins, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, the, the signage on the place is, you know, somebody was high when they designed those signs because, uh, you know, the, there there will not be signs like that. Um, it's not going to be cannabis R us uh, on the uh, on the street corner in your town. It's it's just not going to work out that way. One more thing, I don't want to pile on here, but we'll go the, for it. That's what we do. This is a mom who is bringing her young kid around, and they're walking past all these pot shops, and they sta- stop in front of one of them, and a kid comes out with a bong sticking out of a bag, and it turns out to be her son. You know, the kid is way too young ever to go into one of those places. I mean, the kid looks like he's 17. You know, you've got, you've got to be 21 to go in and, and buy recreational marijuana. So I think from start to finish, what they've done is exaggerated, misled the public, and it, it's pretty classic political advertising, uh, mm-hmm. especially for ballot questions. But, uh, but, I, but I think that it's drawn too much attention to itself. It's, it, it lacks credibility in a way that leads people to criticize it more than they might otherwise mm. because they just went too far. I, I agree with that. It's it's almost, like you said, it's almost SNL. It's, it harkens back to Reefer Madness, the old, you know, uh, 50s movie where... Why do you say old and then point at me, Dave? <laughs> well, be, I don't know, Jack. I, I've known you for a long time. I just meant we're old friends. But no, uh, you know, it, it, again, to my point, it's they have an opportunity here to make a strong argument on... Some of these issues with you know this stuff being legal for kids and the edibles and that sort of stuff, but they just they went too far. Well, I, th- I think John brings up a really good point when when you say it's classic political uh, advertising. Um, one of the things that jumped out to me when I saw it is the same as you, the kid that walks out and he's got the bong and you know he's p- popping something in his mouth, and mom goes Kevin, and he <laughs> says mom. mom. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you look at him; he clearly is a teenager. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think that face has seen a razor yet. And when they're showing the um, the kids across the street, you know, with the smoke billowing from them, they look like young kids as well. Um, so what? But they're not saying anything about the age, you know. But clearly, the what what they're trying to get across is that if you pass it, your teenage kids will be there smoking. And and is that fair though to do something like that? Well, I don't know what exactly is fair when you come to political advertising. I think that's a moving target. But I think that essentially what they're trying to do is make implications without actually saying something. So the, the, the ad is almost information-free. 
And what it is is a lot of supposition, implication, suggestion of what might happen uh, without actually coming out and saying specific things. So they're not saying if you're 17, you can go in and buy something. They're just implying it. Uh, and I think that that's pretty classic political advertising is to send people off in one direction uh, with one impression without actually saying it so that you can't really be held to account. Well, another sign of, of, of a political uh, commercial is its effectiveness. How effective is this? I, I th Again, I think they damage their own credibility by making it so silly with like the cannabis RS signs and that sort of stuff. Uh, to John's point, though, um, it does plant the seed with people that may be on the fence on this issue. Oh, geez, I have a 17-year-old. Is he going to be in these shops? Because the reality is the drinking age here is 21. We all know there's teenage kids at every high school party all across Massachusetts getting alcohol every weekend. If they legalize marijuana in the state, the same thing's going to happen. Teenagers are going to get it. If you go to the vape shops, the you know, the vape smoking stuff all over Massachusetts, it's all, you know, primarily teenage base. You're supposed to be 18 to get tobacco products, but there's kids that are 16 and 15 getting it. So I think they, they were effective in planting that seed. I think it could have been more effective if they had dialed it back a little bit and made the tone not so uh, dystopian. Plus, if you're 17 years old and you want some marijuana, you don't need the intercession of the state of Massachusetts to get it. Uh, there are plenty of other ways to do it. I mean, this is supposed to eliminate the black market. It's not going to eliminate the black market. Nothing eliminates the black market. It may reduce the black market, which it seems to have done in Colorado. But uh, you, kids can get what they want pretty much uh, uh, pretty easily at this point without the, uh, without the state uh, inter uh, intervening or interceding. So I think that the, the whole implication is that your kid's going to start smoking because of this ballot question because of this law that would be passed is fallacious because your kid's going to start smoking if he starts smoking. Um, uh, you know, that's the way it's going to be regardless of, of how this ballot question uh, uh, turns out in the end. So if, if, this, if this ad keeps playing for the next 19 days until, uh, you know, until election day, does it help or hurt their cause? I, I think it could help. I, you know, it's uh, fear-mongering works. I mean, mm -hmm. th there's a reason that people do negative advertising, and it's that it has proven to work. So I think it could basically turn a, a number of people against the ballot question who might have been neutral. I think if somebody is strongly for the ballot question, I don't think it's going to change their mind. But I think if people were undecided and weren't quite sure which way to go, it may push them over toward the, uh, toward the no side. If I were them, though, I wouldn't run this ad for 19 days. I'm not in the business of giving advice to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, political communications people, but I would not run this ad for 19 more days. I would come up with something else that, uh, that has a little more credibility. Yeah, I, I think the fence-sitters on this one uh, are kind of divided. I think the fence-sitters with kids, this one could really have an impact if they keep seeing it over and over. The fence-sitters who don't have kids might look at it like, this is silly, this is stupid, what, it, what is this, reefer madness? You know? So I think it could, it could backfire with, with a lot of people. Well, let's, let's move on to the pro-pot side then. Um, we'll, uh, we'll let people take a listen to the, uh, the newest ad. They're, they have two ads out now. The newest ad is one with a medical professional. So we'll take a listen to that. All my training, indeed my oath, is to do everything to cure patients. But our current marijuana laws need changing. Right now, doctors and patients are afraid to bring up all treatment options for fear of breaking the law. Yes on four means we can regulate, tax, and legalize marijuana to help people with pain avoid opiates and for other true medical needs. The current system isn't working. It's why doctors and patients agree it's time to vote yes 
on four. Now, the the woman who is in the ad is, you know, in the hospital smock, is uh, identified as Dr. Susan Lucas. She's an internist. And she talks about um, we can regulate tax and legalize marijuana to help people avoid opiates. She talks about it as a treatment option. She talks about it that there are people who are um, unable to access uh, marijuana. I thought we already had medical marijuana. We, we do, and, and that's, that's what's a little misleading about this ad, and that's kind of the whole ballot question to me, to go off on a tangent for a minute. It's already decriminalized, um, and it's already medicinally available to people that need it. What, what, what the pro-marijuana uh, lobby is saying, though, is that there's still barriers to getting the medicinal card. You have to get the card and all that stuff, so this will make it easier for people that maybe don't have health insurance but need it for certain uh, ailments that they have. So I think that is effective with a doctor saying that and, and expressing it as a viable treatment option. And that I think is the strongest argument for the, for the pro, uh, question, uh, side. But isn't that, John, isn't that somewhat misleading then? I'm, like I said, we already have a medical marijuana law. Clearly it's not being implemented the way that, uh, the, the original backers had hoped, but it's there. So if, if your point is that we want to have medical marijuana available to people that may need it, wouldn't the option actually be, let's go fix that law? You would think so. And, and also, the, the implication is that they need more protection for some reason. They need more legal protection. Um, it's still illegal on a federal level, so that's not going to change anything, uh, whether this passes or not. I think that, that the nub of it is that it will increase distribution uh, outlets, and I think that, that that may be the net effect, the beneficial effect for uh, for people interested in medical marijuana. But I, I don't think that uh, that it makes a whole lot of natural sense or immediate sense that you tie this into medical marijuana for the very reason you say, Jack, is that it's there. So you know, and and in a way, it may be a disadvantage to them to bring up the medical marijuana issue because that has not been handled in the most efficient way by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So if you're thinking, well, you know, they've made a bit of a hash of the medical marijuana, no pun intended, <laughs> medical marijuana uh, 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 rollout, then how are they going to do with this much wider recreational rollout? So it may, it may have a little bit of a backlash effect. But to me, the interesting thing is both of these pro-ads go to authority figures. You know, one in the medical industry uh, a field, one in the law enforcement field. And I think that that's trying to put some kind of gloss on this, on this ballot question that there's some kind of institutional approval of this that gives it more credibility, more authority. I think it's, it's an interesting choice on their part. Well, that, uh, that, that brings up a good point then, John. Let's, let's listen for um, a few seconds to uh, part of that other ad um, with the uh, retired uh, Boston police sergeant. I was a Boston PD cop, and now as a professor, I believe yes on four is a smart choice to protect families. Let me explain. Question four requires strict product labeling and childproof packaging and bans advertising directed at kids. And question four bans consuming marijuana in public. Dave, one of, one of the things that strikes me, uh, and, and we heard it at the end uh, of the piece that we just played, is that the, um, he points out, um, Sergeant Nolan points out, or Professor Nolan now actually, points out that um, it will be illegal to consume marijuana in public. That's not entirely true. If you read the um, um, referendum question under Section 13, Restrictions on Public Consumption of Marijuana, 
It says no person shall consume marijuana in a public place or smoke marijuana where smoking tobacco is prohibited. So in other words, you can't consume marijuana in public if you can't smoke cigarettes there. Mm. But if you can smoke cigarettes there, go for it. The other part of it is if somebody's got a gummy bear or somebody's got a, uh, a, a brownie and they're sitting on uh, Boston Common, who's to know they're consuming it in public? Mm. Mm. So isn't that a bit misleading? It's very misleading. And again, I'll go back to my original point with the decriminalization. It's, it's not illegal to smoke marijuana in public now. It, that's that's already been eliminated. If you're walking down Beacon Street smoking a joint today, you're not subject to arrest. You're subject to a $100 fine. By the way, a completely unenforceable fine. So it's de facto legal now to consume marijuana in public. So this law, that's very misleading. It does nothing to change that. So basically what we have are two groups offering misleading ads. Yeah. You know, you, in you politics, got, I don't believe it. <laughs> well, well, that's the whole thing. How, how if you're a regular voter who doesn't, you know, go to the 25-page uh, referendum and read it beginning to end or, or um, start looking into all of the studies on it, how do you determine that, you know, the, the thousands of pot shops opening is not accurate? How do you determine that consuming in public will be illegal is not accurate? Well, you've just stumbled on the election process, haven't you? <laughs> I mean, th this is the truth. Most people don't have the luxury of going and reading the entire ballot question. Most people don't have the ability to go out and research these things, which is why the news reports are important, which is why debates are important, and which is why uh, uh, the, uh, the advertising is important. I mean, the advertising is very influential in how people decide. And when you look at it, it, it the anti ballot initiative uh, uh, spot is uh, commits the uh, the sins of commission the pro uh, commits the sins of omission because they're not addressing a number of things they're glossing over a number of things this is what the the uh, the uh, opponents say they're, they're glossing over a number of a number of things like advertising to kids there is going to be advertising that's going to be accessible to kids it's going to be on television it's going to be on billboards they can't ban all the advertising um, they're really downplaying the drug driving issue and how do you test for it uh, that's one of the things that's going to be a real challenge is do you do blood tests? I think they do blood testing in Colorado. That's a really bulky way to deal with this. And expensive. Uh, and expensive. And, and so, so there are things that are being left out. That being said, there's no rule that says an ad has to tell you everything about every topic. I mean, every ad is selective. So I think what they have selected is interesting, but it's really the critical part is what they've left out. Uh, uh, really in, in both of them. And that's the part where some people can fill it in and a lot of people can't. And that's why people will spend hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on advertising because they know that this is going to be a source of information that's going to have an impact when people are in an information uh, 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 free uh, environment or, or vulnerable because they don't have access to a wide range of information. Dave, are you convinced by uh, either of the or any of the ads? Uh, no, I, th I think both of these ads, they're, what they're, like with all political advertising, they're fighting for the souls of the undecided, really. I think mo most people, uh, the majority of people have made up their mind one way or the other. Um, and so what you're really trying to do is convince the people in the middle, um, the people on the pro side are trying to convince, like, you know, it's, it's not a big deal, we're going to regulate it, tax it, um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good thing uh, for people that uh, have medicinal ailments that maybe can't get it now. 
the problem with that is that's not really what the ads are doing. You know, the, the ads are they're providing misinformation, as we just talked about. And um, I, I think both sides are really missing the opportunity here to really get their message directly to the to the undecideds. Again, on the on the anti side, I do think they're they're effective with people with kids, but people without kids, they just look silly. You know, they look, you know, someone in their thirties that smoking marijuana is just something they grew up with. They're not. They're going to look at that ad. They're going to chuckle and go, "That's ridiculous. It looks like Blade Runner. That's not going to happen." And by the way, most of them know what's going on in Colorado, which is. Not much. It hasn't affected society much at all there. What it has done is brought in uh, millions and millions of new tax revenue to the point where the governor of Colorado, who originally opposed the original uh, legalization effort, has now reversed course and said, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's, it's, it's been a great thing. That's the message they should really be getting across. It's more of a policy-driven message, in my opinion, as opposed to fear. Well, that, which brings up another uh, good point. One of the things that they emphasize, and, and you just said it, is regulate and tax. That's that's the phrase that you hear, regulate and tax, regulate and tax. I mean, the group started out as um, regulate marijuana the same as alcohol in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. regulate and tax. How is that going to play with, uh, uh, with the people? Who does that resonate with, John? Well, I'm not sure who it, I, it probably resonates with everybody, but when they find out what actually is going to happen, it's not going to go over very well with a whole bunch of people because the sales tax that they're going to levy is about half the sales tax of, uh, that's levied in Colorado. And when you break out the numbers, when you break out where the money is going, uh, very little of it is going to cities and towns. So, so that's going to be a big disappointment for the cities and towns. If they think this is a windfall, that's not going to happen. Well, most, it's, it's, most of it's earmarked for treatment, right? Well, uh, there's some earmarked for treatment. The, uh, uh, the bulk of it is earmarked for the general funds. So, um, so there, there's money for the regulatory board, uh, the three people that are going to run this, who are going to be the three most popular people <laughs> in the state. Um, and, and, and there's money for the general fund, and then the money for cities and towns is, is the, the leftover money, which is not going to be very... Uh, Unless they opt for the 2% optional... Uh, Excise tax, right? Right, and, you know, and you can get it up a little bit, but but Colorado, I think it's it's somewhere between twenty five and thirty percent. It, it's twenty seven and a half percent. It's uh, what they have is um, their two point nine percent sales tax, which goes on both medical and retail marijuana. Ten uh, percent tax on retail marijuana. Fifteen uh, percent excise tax on wholesale marijuana, uh, and then cities and towns can levy up to three percent. Um, so you're right. We we will be taxing them at half of that, but the other side of it is we will be taxing them at half of that, which is still much more than the zero that they're getting right now. Right, but but then the trade-off is the re- the, the revenue that comes in offset the potential problems that widespread marijuana use may raise. So one of the the I think stronger messages that the opponents are putting out is, you know, we've already got an opioid problem, uh, an opioid crisis, many people say. You know, is this really going to help it? And forget about whether it's a gateway drug or not. I mean, is this really going to help it? Are we going to have to provide more services for people who have some kind of uh, uh, problem or addiction to uh, to any drug? It's... it's it, essentially, the money is not going to be the... Uh, you know the holy grail that uh, that they're looking for, and selling it on, on that basis, I think, is is pretty misleading because it's it's just I don't I don't see it happening. I I, I find it hard to believe any significant money is going to go to cities and towns for one thing. You know, what are, what are the things with advertising, with marketing, especially with political um, uh, advertising, is to know your audience, know who you're going after. Mm-hmm. 
one of the things that gets me when I re when I see both sides of this, both the anti and the pro side, is the people who are paying attention, the people who vote, the people who they're aiming at are people of our generation who have grown up with marijuana. Whether we've smoked it or not, whether we still smoke it or not, we've grown up with it. So it doesn't have that demon weed kind of quality to it. Um, and yet it seems, especially on the anti side, that that they're focusing on our parents mm. who are no longer around for the <laughs> most part, you know? Uh, don't you think that somebody like that should, should realize what it is that that they're trying to do or who they're trying to go after? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying with, with the anti-ad. That's that's why I brought up Reefer Madness. It's like the old, you know, f it's not just current fear-mongering. It's playing into the old stereotypes of crazy marijuana-addicted drug addicts. And I actually respectfully disagree with John on, I think of the strongest argument for the pro side is that medicinal marijuana is a replacement um, for the opiates, and and I don't know if you remember Jack, but um, Bob Lobel did a uh, did a great appearance. Um, he's suffering from some ailments, I believe it's MS. Spinal stenosis. Uh, okay, and yep. and he came out publicly and said that he, he couldn't get medicinal marijuana, and he was he was getting it on the black market because he was he didn't want to take the opiates. You know, putting people out there like that that can say I'm using medicinal marijuana instead of opiates is a huge piece of the pro argument, and I, I think it's that's the opportunity they're really missing, I think. John, if you, if you were going to craft a, uh, an anti-ad, what, what, what would you focus on? What would you say, these are the things we should look at? I've been out of the ad business for a long time. This is <laughs> this is going to hurt my head. I think. Um, I mean, I would go out and and focus on the reality of the situation, which is the the tax revenues. I would focus on the state bureaucracy. Uh, you know, do you trust the Commonwealth of Massachusetts to carry this off? Boy, that would kill it. <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, you know, those are the things that that I that I would emphasize because I think those are you know realistic day to day concerns that people are going to have. And if you go out and say this is going to be a boondoggle of major proportions. Uh, I think that, that there's an audience out there that would agree with you reflexively. And so whether it really addresses the issue or not, whether, whether recreational marijuana should be legal or not, I mean, what it does is it plays into people's pre-existing perspectives that the state really can't carry off all that much, uh, uh, all that efficiently. So maybe I don't want to turn them loose in this area. Uh, to me, I think that that might be something that would resonate, even though it's sort of peripheral to uh, to the real issue that's out there. And I think, just to piggyback on that, I, I think there's an argument to be made on the anti-side that it's too much too soon. I mean, the medicinal marijuana hasn't been uh, around, uh, what's it been, three, four years? 2012, they passed it, and I think the first one opened in 2014. Yeah, so it's, you know, much like the casinos, the laws passed, it's taken forever to get these things established, and, and it, to John's point, they're, they're not... It's, it's been a mess, the whole situation, but everyone said when this law passed, oh, it's just a gateway to, to legalization, a full legalization. That was the argument in the political ads then when that uh, ballot question was was being uh, discussed. And now there's there's an argument in the anti-side to say, see, we told you so. Now look, now we're going to be Colorado. Now we're going to have weed tourists. Is that what you want? And I think there's a way to do that in the spirit of the ad that they did, but that one, as I said, goes too far and it's, it's silly, it's, it's comical, and it plays into the ridiculous stereotypes that aren't true. The other thing that's happened in Colorado, and this might be effective in an ad too, is that real estate prices have gone through the roof. Um, and, and, you know, really? 
Wealthy absolutely. pot smokers, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and so it's created a real housing crisis out there. So if people are price sensitive here in Boston, which they are, because it's one of the highest uh, uh, housing costs in the, in the country, that might make them even more uh, uh, disinclined to vote for this if they thought, you know, all of a sudden the, uh, the, the housing uh, prices are going to go uh, up astronomically. Wow. I think this has been a great discussion. Thank you, guys. Thank um, you. John, David, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having us. That's it for the podcast. Uh, I want to thank our producer, uh, crack producer, Aaron Van Leesting. Um You can subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes or go to the website at www.commonwealthmagazine.org for other episodes. Thanks for listening. Hope you tune in again. Thank you.